Hey everybody, this is a special episode of Seeking Wisdom. Why is it a special episode? Because, well, we were at Shopify in Canada uh, about a week ago. And while we were there, we had an awesome opportunity to sit down with uh, Shopify Plus's v, uh, VP and General Manager, Lauren Paddleford. Uh, and I had heard of him before because he had wrote a couple articles about why he hates BDRs uh, and their traditional sales process, which was really interesting to hear a sales leader say that. And so we were up in Canada for a bunch of meetings. Uh, we happened to be at Shopify Plus for the day. And while DC was in the other inner room, uh, uh, other room talking about, I don't know, some big, important CEO stuff, probably, uh, I was able to grab Lauren and do a quick interview. Um, so this is one of my favorite episodes that we've done because he tells it like it is. We talked about sales interviewing, how he hires, what to look for today, and what's broken about the traditional uh, sales process. So if you're in sales and marketing, I think this episode will be right up your alley and something new that we want to try. We, you know, we're really passionate about bringing our role models and amazing people to Seeking Wisdom uh, this year and expanding the podcast by bringing on a lot more guests. So I'd love to get your feedback about what you thought about Lauren and how this interview went. So uh, tweet at me, at Dave Gerhardt, hit up DC as well, at DCancel. Um, do all the things that DC would tell you to do if he was here right now. Leave a five-star review, six-star review, all that. So uh, hope you enjoy this interview with Lauren, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, I'm Lauren Paddleford from Shopify. Beautiful, Plus. beautiful. All right, cool. So, uh, wow, this is fun. We're here. Uh, this is a special episode of Seeking Wisdom. We're going to do more of these now. We want to talk to more in sales and marketing people. So, um, actually, we're here at Shopify Plus. DC is in the other room talking to some people about some other stuff. But uh, I'm here with Lauren. I thought it would be fun to just talk about sales, hiring, things that are interesting to you. You have a really interesting story. So um, maybe start with some background. So Shopify Plus is now 200 plus-ish people and a big part of the Shopify business, but it wasn't always that way. You started this in 2015, right? Right. So I think um, I started Plus in January, argument's sake, January 2015 Okay. as an experiment. And it started with salespeople. There were, you know, call it five salespeople at the start. Um, what, what were you doing before in the business? Like, I wasn't in the business. Actually, you were. You, st- you came yeah. here to start it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's its own story. Is you know, I took a job without any real idea of what I was actually doing, and it was very kind of, um, hey, we have this thing that might be another thing, and you should try that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I mean, partially it was. It's Shopify, and so like the old adage, when someone offers you a seat on the rocket ship, you don't ask which one, you just yeah. get on, right? Yep. Um, so I had, so we started with five sales reps and kind of no idea what we were doing. Um, and that's literally how we started it. I, you know, we hired straight out of university, no sales experience. Um, I scared them as much as I could about the job. And I was like, this will suck. We don't know what we're doing. Um, you shouldn't take this job. You're probably going to get fired in eight months, and we're all going to get buried. In the that, that was the actual interview process? Oh, yeah, this was yeah. like literally. And did you do that on purpose? Because yeah. you're trying to find people who are like, shit, I don't care what we do. I just want to be here. Yeah, I mean, what I was really, what was fascinating is um, some people, the more you tried to scare them, the more excited they got. 
right? <laughs> and so like the people who were left at the end were the ones who were like, this is amazing, yeah. like death to everyone. And yeah. you're like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we, we started this and, and uh, you know, the first day I was like, okay, I really don't know anything. I have no sales training for you. So what I'd like you to do is like pick up the phone and like call people. And then you come back and tell me how it worked. Were they, sorry, so but Shopify had been around. Like, were they were they calling? Were they like logging into Salesforce, grabbing some good leads and calling them, or you, did you not even get them? Let so, them so you're right. Shopify had been around a long time, and so we had current customers who profiled out a certain way, okay. and so we called them, and we were like, "Hey, do you want to upgrade to Plus?" And um, and so that was like the first kind of calls, and w- but we also at the same time I, I had a you know I call it the inbound team, and but we also a couple of sales reps were outbound. And so they were just like total greenfield. Yep. It's like, there's a market, enjoy, right? And so they were just calling people cold and learning and we were developing the scripts on the fly and trying to figure out what worked and what didn't. And um, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun. We were in a crappy little office uh, in Kitchener. Um, intentionally, it's like Shopify was, had this glorious office in Ottawa and a nice office in Toronto. And I was like, we're not doing that, right? Like. Until we've proven something, we don't get a nice office. I love it. I want to talk about that for a second. So we talk about that on on this pod, on seeking wisdom talk. We talk 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 about like the personal and uh, the personal side of work. But like, yeah. why was that? Why was that important? Because obviously now you walk in this office, you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm a visitor. <laughs> I got to go, you know, I had lunch. I had a protein shake. Yeah. I, just, I had a massage. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But why was that an important part of your like philosophy to be like, this is going to be shitty for a while? Um, I, you know what I. You know, I grew up playing sports, and you didn't get to you didn't get to claim resp- ownership of the awesome stuff until you went through the ditch. It's right? like the guy who comes in and he's like, he gives himself a nickname. You're yeah. like, you don't get you don't, like, you don't, you don't get, get to your pick. own nickname, right? Like, go do something, then come back and tell me how awesome <laughs> you are. And so it was kind of what I was saying: is we haven't done anything yet. Shopify, like, they deserve their big office. They've been around. They have lots, hundreds of thousands of customers. What do we have? Like, nothing, right? right. So. You know, and it was also a goal. It, it was, I wanted the team to own it. I wanted them to feel like if we did this thing, they could look back and be, I did that, right? Which creates a different emotional state for people. Um, and so that was important. Yeah. So, so we started with the experiment. It, you know, has gone very, very well. Um, Apparently. So now, yeah, plus is, you know, 300 plus people. We announced last week, we're adding another three to 500 over the next couple of years right here in Waterloo. So yeah, it is scaled extremely fast. Um, how long have you been doing sales? My whole career. So I graduated university, so we're, we're 20 plus years okay. at this point. All right, so 20 years, what is different about sales between when you started the Shopify Plus thing? Because there's a huge shift obviously now in the yeah. way people buy and behave online. Like what's, how, how do you boil that down? What's, what's the biggest difference between you know January 2015 to January 2018 and the other 17 years of, of selling? Um, I think there's a couple things. I think there are some things that are always the same. So the only successful salespeople are the ones that add value. That has always been that way. Yeah. Um, so you just have awesome products in your walking brochure. Nobody cares, right? So like if you don't, if you don't learn to add value, you're not going to survive. And so that has been true since, since I got out of college. Yeah. For w- it's funny because for a while we were like, you know, like helping is a new selling, helping is a new selling. Then I did an interview with somebody who's like, no, helping is the old selling. Yeah. Like that's always been the case. Yeah. Helping have, is the only selling. It's the only selling. We've just gone in this, m- like everything is sales tools and marketing automation and 
funnels and nurturing and conversion and all this yep. stuff. And we've just like, like made everything a machine. Yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest change is technology. Okay. Is, you know, I th if I think back to my first sales job, it's like, I didn't have LinkedIn. I didn't have <laughs> like all these amazing tools that like got lists for me. I had like the yellow pages. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. And I had a territory that I would like knock on doors yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I think technology has made um, some things better, but it's also very dangerous in that technology can make bad processes a lot faster. And so it's like, if your process is crap, guess what tech's gonna do to it? Make it more obvious crap. Like I got a, a couple weeks ago, I got a personal message, a personal message on LinkedIn mm -hmm. from the CEO of a billion dollar company. You think that guy actually sent me that no. email? Like, do people still fall for that? Like that's the whole technology thing that yeah. drives me nuts. And so again, it's, it's to me, that's the, you misunderstand sales if you think, um, just because you have the platform and it sends out a million emails, that's what you should do. Right. Um, right. So I think technology has changed. I also think, which I'm, I'm happy about because it's always been the way that I've looked at it, is um, technology has moved from this black magic, this like unknowable, uh, your magician sales rep who magically deals appear, to the science of it. And I'm a big believer in sales as science. It's like, this is process engineering. Um, you either are good at process engineering and you understand the the component pieces or you don't. There's no magic here, right? Like, I've never met that magic sales, that's not true, I've met two of them. I've been in sales for 20 years, I've met two people I still, like, people just bought things from them. I don't understand You didn't how. know why. I didn't know why, they were just like, it's like they'd walk in rooms and people would hand them money and you'd be like, I don't know what that is, I could never replicate it. You're like, that wasn't even a good demo. No, it's terrible, <laughs> it was like, people just were like, here's my children, here's money, like, you can have whatever you want. Um, and so it's like 20 years, two of those people, I think the odds okay. are in the favor of like, but for know most, the and, and what is that science? Like, what are the steps? So here's what here's the way I describe it: is every single major league Hall of Fame athlete in the world can tell you every statistic about everything they've done ever, crazy, and about everybody. I else. always think about that. They know, like, I'm a big podcast guy. I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast a lot, and he'll have random people on. He'll be like, you remember in 2007, that game against the Lakers, and you know, uh, somebody will be like, yeah, you know, that was the game on my ankle, like. It's exactly. It's crazy. And so there's no different, like to me, that's the same in sales uh -huh. is like, you, you have to start with your own behavior. Like as a sales rep, how many calls do I make? What's my own conversion ratio between initial call and second call, initial call and demo, initial call and like, what are all, what's all the math that governs my reality? As a sales rep, I don't control revenue. I don't wake up every day and do quota. That is not a thing. Right? That is an output right. of activity. Right. What I do every day is activity. Right? Michael Jordan didn't wake up every day and win championships. He woke up every day and shot free throws. Mm. Right? And so that's sales calls to a salesperson. And so it's like knowing that, tracking that, optimizing that. I, I like to joke, I used to work, um, I sold things to the automotive industry and they have this concept of Six Sigma. And so Six Sigma is reducing the variance down to a negligible or an acceptable amount. And I've always loved that concept in my mind about sales is if you actually lined up sales as a manufacturing process, it's like in the front end is leads and out the other end is uh, revenue. All the steps in the manufacturing process, make a call, send an email, do a demo, do a follow-up, go on site, all these kinds of, if you just worked every day to tweak them and make them incrementally better, mm. The, the net aggregate impact is enormous, mm. but most sales reps I've ever met, most sales managers I've ever met, could not explain to you how anything happened in their org. What they'd tell you is like the Dr. Zeus version of everything, which is like once upon a time in a land far, far away, I had a customer who I really felt like they would buy. 
like that you felt like they would buy. Oh, wow, this is amazing. I right. feel like I should have a Ferrari. I don't have one, but I feel like I should. <laughs> like, it's like, what are we doing now? We're talking about like how we feel about stuff. Right. Or even if, even if that stuff does happen, like maybe there are some times where you might have a one call close or whatever. That's basically like house money. If you do all the other Correct. things, right. Correct. And so I, I, I like to remind salespeople that, um, sales is a long-term game. Um, now, it feels like it's a short-term game because we tend to optimize it for quarters or months or year or whatever, but it's actually a long-term game. And in order to win the long-term game, you have to understand what you're doing. Mm. And that's, to me, the science of it. You have to really break down the pieces and just get very clear on what you're good at and what you're not good at. And so how do you, like, do you interview for that? Do you do you drill into, into those funnels, like, f per rep or, like? Yeah, I mean... I interview for it in the, I interview for how people evaluate their own performance, right? So I'll ask questions around like, tell me why you're good at this, right? Not just that you're good at it. It's yeah. great that you're good at it, but So you'd why? say to me, tell me wh wh why are you good at selling? Yeah. Okay. And so people are like, I don't know, I'm just kind of good at it. Okay, right? Like, so you think it's magic, right? right? Um, other people, like we did an interview, one of the first reps that we had into the organization, I was giving him information and he's like, I don't understand this. Can you get up on the whiteboard and explain it to me? And I was like, oh, I kind of love you already. Yeah. Right? Because like his brain was working in this way that was like, explain this to me with math. I want to see a process. I'm yes. like, yes, processes. Yeah. Uh -huh. I like it. Um, uh -huh. So yeah, I think when I, when I interview people, I'm looking for people who will break down performance into its piece parts and say performance is not random performance is built mm. um, so so you push them to control the, the thing yeah. that they can control yeah okay. or at least understand it yeah right yeah like I, if you can't tell me your free throw percentage how do you know you're good or not i love it every yeah ask anybody if oh you shoot 65 percent you better what, shoot some damn more free what throws. did you do yesterday <laughs> yeah. right i shot yeah. more of them yeah, yeah okay yeah. great like i yeah. mean this was my thing as a sales rep i was terrible yeah. at yeah. cold calling i just was yeah. and so when i broke down my numbers if you looked at my numbers i made an enormous amount of cold calls comparatively to my like peers and counterparts um but i was really good at the rest of it and so you know it balanced itself out well if I was really bad at cold calls and really bad at demos, and then you're just bad. Now you're, right. gonna, you're like you're going to see that this is going to be. Yeah, a problem. I mean it's basically it's the marketing. It's both market. It's both marketing and a piece of sales, right? You could either grow traffic, grow a ton of leads, or find the other pieces in the funnel. Are we going to spend a, a ton more at the top of the funnel? Yeah. Um, all right. So I also think to uh, to go back to your yeah, question yeah, of yeah, like yeah. what's changed. I also Please. think um, uh, buyer's tolerance is lower now, right? So it used to be that there was a little bit of the buyers were willing to have conversations and they were like, hey, let's talk about this, right? But now with the internet and with information, you know, it's not necessarily like there's a lot of talk around buyers come into the sales process 70% already baked. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Um, it's not a sales process. You, you, don't like, like, you don't like that one. I just think it's, it's inaccurate. It's like, well, they might come into a conversation with what they believe is 70% of the information. Yeah, that's interesting, because right, I've never thought of myself like, I am currently in the buying process. Exactly. Hello. Right? <laughs> right. Like, what does that mean? It's like, know. are you at step four yeah, yeah, yeah. of my okay. five-step process? So, so, so it's, not that, it's not that the 70% is wrong. It's just like the, it's more just like, the, I, I might be ready to buy a new phone, and I'm researching a bunch of different types. Yeah. So buyers show up now with 
what they believe is a lot more quality information. Gotcha. Now the challenge is if you go Google the term cell phone, you're actually not going to be helped with information. You're going to be overwhelmed with information. Yes. And so you, what you'll do is you'll show up with a bunch of erroneous information. If you want any example of this, ask doctors how they feel when patients come into their office. And they're like, so I was on WebMD yesterday. Uh, and apparently I have everything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, would this you stop is, Googling things? We have <laughs> a, uh, a, a, a four-month-old. And the, the first thing that the pediatrician told us when we took her in, she was like, all right, before I, I let you guys go, do me a favor. Do not Google anything. <laughs> right. Just call me and I will answer your question. Right. And I was like, I love it. Okay. And so, <laughs> so much like doctors are like tour guides of what you really have versus what you think you have. I feel like sales reps are also tour guides. It's yeah. like, oh, so I wrote this blog post one day that, was, that equated sales reps with tour guides. And I said, imagine the customer. The customer is going to go on a trip to another city. And so let's say this city is e-commerce software. It's the name of the city. It's a great city. That customer doesn't live there, right? right? The customer lives in fashion manufacturing. <laughs> and so what you do when you're going to go travel is you, you get online. You're like, ooh, I wonder what e-commerce city's like, okay? So you Google e-commerce city. And a ton of information shows up. So I, I like to relate this to Toronto. So imagine if you Googled Toronto. Yep. Um, Which I did on my way here. I okay. Did. So if you live in Toronto, there's this big stadium downtown. Uh -huh. And the roof retracts on the stadium. Are you aware of this stadium? I'm very aware. Okay. What's the name of the stadium? Uh, Air Camp. No, the Rogers Center. Is okay, that what it is? What's the actual name of the stadium? I have no idea. Skydome. The Skydome. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. So if you lived in Toronto, yeah. no one refers to that thing as the Rogers Center. They don't? No. It's Skydome. <laughs> right? And so like, if you, were, if you were traveling to Toronto, you'd be like, I'd like to go to the Rogers Center. And people would be like, the what? The Skydome? Could <laughs> be that thing? Right. Right? right? And so again... The internet failed you. Told totally. you it was the Rogers Center yeah. instead of what everyone really knows it to be the the Skydome. Sky and so, a customer shows up and is like, "I know everything about your city. I googled it." And you're like, "Oh, do you though? Really? Yeah. Interesting." So the best thing a, a sales rep can do at that point is say, "What do you want to experience while you're in my city?" Mm. Right? Because I'm sure you know a lot. But like, let me help you understand what you should know. Yeah. That thing isn't the Rogers Center. Right. It's the Skydome, right? right? Um, or it's, a, it's just like, hey, if I said to you, like, hey, we're staying in Toronto tonight, where should we go to eat? You exactly. wouldn't just say a restaurant, right. right? You would be like, well, what do you like? What do you want? Do you have any allergies? What would you have last night? Yeah, that's a good, so, that's so a I good think, analogy. I think right now what happens is like, people go online, they Google, they got lots of information and they yeah. show up and they sound like they know what they're talking about. And so I think it freaks sales reps out. Because sales reps are like, oh my God, that person knew everything. I love it's it. like, wait a minute. Did they know everything? Or did they know the first two pages of Google? I love it because this is something that you're making me rethink this a little bit. Like, that's so obvious. But, but, but I, know, I know that we, when people come to our website and ask us questions, we're like, oh, shit, this guy knows. This guy knows. When if you just took a step back and said for a second, like, well, let me. Hey. How did this guy know? Yeah. They Google. They don't live here. They don't <laughs> right. live in my city. Right. They're, they're at best tourists to right. the city. Right. And so the best thing I can do is show them the real city, yeah. not the city they Google. Yeah. And, and, and do you think that that fits in? That's because we started talking about like buyers, are, people are more skeptical, yeah. right? And that helps there, yeah, right? That helps because, you know, largely when I Google things, I just get overwhelmed, right? And so I'm like, oh my God, what am I looking at here? And then, like, you know, if I, if I call someone or if I engage with a, a salesperson at that moment, um, my hope is that they demystify this for me, yeah. right? That they explain the city. Because I'm like, all I wanted 
was like a steak dinner. Right. And I don't like, I don't, there's 500 steak restaurants and they're all different, but they all say they have the best steak in the world. Which one is it? And right. it's like, it's all right. I'm with you. Right. Make, what make, kind of I'm, I'm here because I'm looking for you to help me make this I decision. Help me. And so if anything, information has caused more need, right? For the sales reps to be helpful, to mm. add value. It hasn't caused less, right? It's, it's created more need yeah. for it. Okay. What else? What else? I was going to ask you some other stuff. Do you have any, what else is on your mind about sales? Yeah. Like people I, here, here's, okay. So here's one of the things that I think I always find interesting about hiring salespeople. Yes. Is here's the refrain I always hear. We can't find qualified salespeople. Why well, do they say that? I, because like, it's a good question, right? It's like people are like, well, I can't, I can't find salespeople that are exactly like the people that work at my company now. Have this much experience in my industry, have sold the exact same Wouldn't product. that be awesome? You just drag the spreadsheet and you're like, boom, there's next quarter. Right, like, and you're <laughs> like, what? You want people that are exactly, wait, what? Like, and so I think I, I, I get I frustrated because yeah. I've never hired salespeople like that. I've always looked at salespeople and said, yeah, all right, I'm going to hire the things I can't teach you. And then I'm going to teach you everything else. Mm. And so in this world, I now look for attributes, right? So, you know, intelligent, creative, curious, hardworking, and a history of success. Okay, great. That's all I look for. I don't really care what your degree is in, right? I don't even care if you have a degree. I don't care where you worked before. Oh, you were the greatest salesperson in the history of your former company? I don't care, right? right? It actually has no, there is zero correlation between past performance and future performance. Statistically, it sounds like there should be, but it's kind of like the stock market. Past performance is not an indicator of future performance. It's the same thing because there's so many variables at play. So I was going to ask you, right? Yeah. That it's like, oh, when you started your own, the other company, were they in the hottest industry and the hottest company at that moment in time? Right. Did you take over someone else's territory that was amazing? Was it the exact same sales motion? Exact like exact same sales motion. Yeah. It's like there's so many variables now. It's not to say you should totally ignore it, but it's not by itself a reason to hire anybody. But you could maybe dig in, and this may be what you do. You may dig in to find out why, why? they were the top performer because they did their homework. They Correct. did have the discipline of the funnel. Correct. Yeah. So then, so I go back and I say, I think we are overall, we're overemphasizing um, experience in most sales. Now I say most sales in some things. Okay. You're going to sell, um, you know, robot surgery platforms. You should probably know what surgery is, right? I mean, like, yeah. you probably needed some expertise in that area. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Nuclear reactors. Yep. I'm not your guy. Probably should be an engineer. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah. Probably not. But I mean, if somebody comes to you guys and is interviewing for Shopify Plus, you're like, you, the not, vast majority, you don't have to, you can understand the business, right? The vast majority of Shopify Plus sales reps have never sold anything before yeah, in their life. But they probably bought something right? online. They bought something off, but they're also, they work hard. They're curious. They're intelligent. We can teach them. Yeah. I can't teach you any of those things. Okay. Right. What is your, uh, so what is your interview? Walk me through the interview process a little bit. Like yeah. <laughs> the interview process at Shopify, um, the interview process for the first five sales reps was more unique than I guess the interview process yeah. is now, but the, the interview process is, is heavy on culture. Yeah. Right. So we look and, for cultural. Fits. And the reason I'm interested, I'm just thinking like, okay, scaling a team from five to however I think many we have 60 or something, 60 or something like you, there has to be some type of machinery at some point. Right. Yeah. Well, this is, so I'm interested in this that is piece. what I was suggesting Yeah. is my pool of potential applicants is way greater than most because I'm not stuck on where you went to school, on what your previous job was, on whether you have experience. I don't care. Mm. Right. What I'm interested in is smart, creative, curious, intelligent and a history of success. That, I mean, huge swaths of people, right? <laughs> and so I just have a much bigger funnel, yeah. right? Um, so that, you think that's an advantage? It's you're, a huge advantage. Because you're willing to look at it from that lens. Well, 
And if you look at the performance of our sales organization, right, and how fast we've scaled up, pretty good. I would put my sales org at, from a metric perspective against any sales org in the world and say, I don't have experience, but my people sell way more, way faster than yours. Love right? it. Um, partially, it's I believe they just we hire, you know, we hire people right out of school who don't know the rules. So there are rules in selling that after a while you start to figure out. They don't know them. Well, and yeah, and I'm, and that can be hard. Like if you hire somebody really like who's done this before, I have to a untrain bunch, all the crap they learned. Totally, else. or they or they stroll in and expect to have this process, this, this meeting set up for you. Wait, we don't have BDRs here. What the hell? I have to set my own meetings. Right, like, like I, that's crazy times. Like, well, yeah. you know, our teams largely just don't know any yeah. better. And so how do you, how how do you like? Do you have a big recruiting team that you work with? Because that because the funnel is so wide, like that yeah. somebody has to help filter. Yeah, so absolutely, we have an internal recruiting team um, that are dedicated to this, and they're great. We take a lot of referrals from the current reps that are here, um, and they're great. And we 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 go through a lot of interviews with people yeah. where we're just we're trying to determine: Are you curious? And are you intelligent? And will you learn? Um, and do they do any selling? Do you have any of that? We do role play. Okay. Right, um, where we throw them into interesting scenarios. I mean, my belief is like sales is completely unpredictable. So in the first five, like, you know, now that the, the org is so big and I'm 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 cross-functional, I don't do a lot of direct sales hiring myself anymore. Yeah. But that first five, we did things like I, we'd be in the middle of an interview and I would get up and I'd be like, I just have to go to the washroom, and someone else would come back and continue the interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. Yeah. Or we'd be like, we'd be like, you know you're going to come back tomorrow and we need a really unique way to pitch us. Right. So I, I, we had one person that we totally hired. He came back with a puzzle. He created a puzzle. You said pitch us why we should hire you. Yeah. And he came back with a puzzle on how <laughs> Shopify works. Unbelievable. And he put it together while explaining Shopify. It was mind blowing. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, you're hired. I don't like, I don't even know what for what, but you get to work here. You got to do something. Right? Yeah. So and that's why there's a puzzle out there. That's I saw. Yeah. It. <laughs> and so it's like, it, it, it's like, I'm a big believer in like, you've got to, you've got to create, hiring processes and experiences that mimic reality. Reality is not going to be linear in sales. Yeah. Your weird things are going to happen this moment you get into sales. And so if the interview process for salespeople is all nice and flowers and easy to do, it's not actually helping them or you determine if this is the right person. Right. right? Yeah. It's like, you know, if you drove a car at two miles an hour with training wheels on, then all of a sudden like that's not the and I'm not sure who lied to everybody and told everyone there was a specific, there was a way to hire, right? Like there's a th uh, this is yeah. a, this is how you hire people. Yeah. It's like what? Uh, why? Why? Why would we hire them like right. that? We're trying to hire someone who's going to do a job. Let's create a process that best reflects that mm -hmm. um, and ensures we get what we're looking. Cool. For. What um, what do you do? You read any books? I read all the books. You do? Yeah. I give, read. give me some. Give me some. Like, like if I if I like chopped up this audio from this podcast and said like these are the X books that you say every person in business must read or sales. What, what, do you have a couple? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, so, I think like I liked Zero to One. Um, by Peter. I, I I just like how anti everything Peter. Is, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, I know Mark, and so the sales acceleration formula was a good book. Yeah, um, we I love we love Mark. What's up, Mark? I know you're listening. I thought it was a really good kind of like math based well, way to, to think go back about to your world. your whole point about metrics, right? Like, yeah, I kind of stole it all from. Mark, read that so. book, and then you're like, okay, I get I get what that piece yeah. is. Yeah, um, I think people would be well suited to read like Elon Musk's uh, like biography. Yeah, like the, the Ashley Vance one is yeah. a good one. Yeah, and. and 
only because like you want to know how to innovate, yeah. think totally tangentially to the box, right? <laughs> um, you know, um, there's a guy out there named Mike Weinberg, um, and Mike is old, like he's old school, right? But he's so hardcore, like he just he he. He, I don't know if you can swear on this podcast. You can, please. He gives zero fucks. Yeah. Right? I he love just it. calls people on his, on their BS constantly. Is he a sales trainer? He's like a sales, sales trainer. Okay. Right? It's called, he, he wrote a book called Sales Management Simplified. And it was basically a quit crying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like, all of you are crying. It's yeah. just a waste of our time. Yeah. You can either like, you know, get back to what selling always was, which was adding value and doing the work. Like, there's no magic here. And I was like, Yes, please. Like there's no magic. There's no silver bullets yeah. around. You don't want to wake up in the morning to make calls. I got bad news for you. You're gonna suck at sales. I love it. That's why we talk. We talk about books so much in this podcast because for that reason, so many times you read a book and you're not learning something new, but it's reinforcing something that like you already knew. Right? Yeah, you already believed. Well, in this is the way. Like, very rarely do I read a sales book where I'm like, holy crap, that's new information. Yes. Now, every sales book has at least one piece that I'm like, yeah, that's interesting, right? Like, that's new. I've never heard it like that. Most are retelling the same stories. Um, and I think people need to read between the lines there. It hasn't really changed. Yeah. You just have, like, humans need to learn by repetition. And so they keep reading the same thing over and over. Eventually, it's like, yes, wake up every day, go work your butt off, add value, go to bed. It's like, we, <laughs> like Bezos has this thing where he talks about the, like, focus on the timeless, you know, focus on the things that never change, right? And the things that never change are customers need help, sales reps help them. Love it. All right, let's finish with this. What's what's uh, one thing that drives you nuts about sales today? You got to have like a pet peeve or something like. I think people are over reliant on technology, and and I say that working for a technology company. Right. I just think it's making people lazy. In it, I like that. It's it, mm, we could do a whole episode on this piece, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, if I hear one more rep say, um, "Well, I posted it to LinkedIn. I don't know why people haven't called me yet." <laughs> I'm like I'm sorry. What, sorry. What, do you, what did you post? To like or just like the fact that like 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 going to somebody's website, doing some research, finding some like things that are a little bit below the surface level has now become, again, like groundbreaking. Like we we had this. We were having a conversation with it, uh, and uh, we we just hired a new sales rep, and he's he's amazing. And he, somebody was talking about he he went to this he went to this uh, website and he looked up this competitor thing and he and he did it and everybody was like whoop. And for a second, I was like kind of mad. I was uh, like, why is that the, you know, and, and I don't mean that as a knock to him. He's awesome. It's more of just like, that's the stuff that we celebrate shows you that that's the biggest problem in sales. Exactly right. Is uh, we're getting, we're, we're getting lazy. And, and that, that, like you said, that, like that kind of stuff is like, this is basic sales behavior. Uh, and we're hoping tech solves. We, we, I think sales reps incorrectly hope tech solves for hard work. Yeah. It doesn't. I love it. It's made us lady, lazy. Okay, one, I've got one more because I thought of another one. How does, uh, what's the last, what is the last sales outreach to you that got your attention? Can you think of something or just ignore everything? I don't know. I don't ignore everything. I actually look at a, a huge number of uh, inbounds to me. You do? I, I do. First of all, I think it's also like people, sales reps need to learn. Executives will absolutely take calls from sales reps if they think there's value there, mm. right? No question. Goes back I, to add I value. I can't possibly know everything in the world, right? And so, like, I need people to help me understand things that may be valuable to For me. For sure. Right? So, so I look So, boom. Unlocked misconception, number one, is that you can reach out to executives. Totally. Yes. Totally. Um, I think what I see more now, unfortunately, is just horrible behavior. 
right? Lazy behavior. And it gets my attention because it's, I want to reply and be like, are you serious? Mm. This is what you came up with? Yeah. It's like, I got one the other day. So Shopify is publicly traded on both the New York Stock Exchange and the Toronto Stock Exchange. I'm nervous. <laughs> we, we have a $10 billion market cap, mm -hmm. right? And I got um, a LinkedIn request uh, from a local accounting firm asking if we needed accounting help. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I read this thing like five times and I was like, I must be misunderstanding what they're asking You should for. show up with like five truckloads of paper and say, yep. Yep, they do. <laughs> and I was just like, y this, you didn't even bother to no. do the Google work. Like There's this would have been answered via Google. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and so that kind of stuff. So I see that a lot. Um, but that's just, that, that to me is, that's back to your point about technology has made us lazy. That wasn't, that was an automated email. Correct. Not hit Giant list, send it to list. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think if I if I think back to ones that I've really liked, um, I've seen a few that clearly had done their homework, right? They knew who I was. They had read some of the blog posts. They knew who Shopify was. They knew how fast we were growing. And they, they angled their whole thing to that. Mm. That was still a pitch. It was still like, hey, I think, you know, it was, I think we can help you in these areas based on the information I have. Um, but at least I was like, okay, so at least you've gone out and tried to figure out what my trigger would be. Right. right? Um, and you know, unfortunately for most sales reps, the other thing you have to realize is like sales is timing, right? And so in that moment in time, I didn't need the thing they were doing, right? However, I remember the pitch. And so it's like, there's a part of me, it's like, yeah, you weren't a total idiot. And mm. so at some point in the future, when I do need the thing you're talking about, I'm, I'll come yep. back to you. Imagine that, adding value. Yeah. All right, man, thank you for doing this. Oh no, thank I you. I appreciate it. Welcome to Shopify Plus. I'm, I'm thanks for having us. The uh, the food and snacks here are just delightful, <laughs> so thank you. We try. Cool, man. Thanks. All right, thanks.